Hi, welcome to the Women's Health Podcast. I'm Anthony Lowe, the Physio Detective. And I'm Marika Hart from Herosphere. Together we interview leading authorities, we answer questions and share our thoughts to provide the general public with the best quality information that we can find on all aspects of women's health. Please remember that the materials and the content on this podcast are intended as general information and they're for entertainment purposes only. They're not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Now sit back, grab your favourite beverage or do your thing and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast, and we've got with us Vicky Weber. Vicky Weber is actually an old friend of mine. We met in 2013, uh, where we had the same coach, and she has competed in four regionals. Um, let's see, Australian regionals, 2012, 13, 14, 15, placing um, as high as fourth in the team. You guys almost made it to the games in 2012. Um, and Benny Mann is a is a physio friend of mine as well. He was on that team, right? Um, yep. So it's a it's a really cool thing that you achieved there and you've been doing the Open and you only missed out by not that many places on making it to Masters um, last year by the look of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, placing 35th in the world in your age group. So pretty badass. And I've always loved watching you move and how you approach your workouts the stony steel face that you have, the determination, <laughs> the grit, um, and the fact that you are similar in age to me. I am a bit older than you, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, just it's so inspiring to see strong, powerful women out there doing these amazing things. So thank you very much for uh, everything that you've done in, in CrossFit and, um, you know, staying in touch and all the rest of it. You are, um, you, you own an affiliate, Steel Coast CrossFit, um, yep. and you also have a long history in the sport. So you've come across thousands of athletes in your time as a coach, mm. as an athlete. And so we're really excited to have you here uh, on the podcast because we want to hear how your journey has gone, particularly as you're a new mum again, uh, having four yeah. kids. So do you want to tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself some more, fill in sure. some of those details about what you've been doing and uh, let's go from there. Yeah, so um, as you said, been competing uh, in CrossFit for, I started in 2011 and prior to that I hadn't done any real uh, lifting or anything like that. Um, well, firstly, I should say thanks for having me on. Um, but yeah, so yeah, going back to that, yeah, so I, um, I started, um, oh, 2011 and that was my first, um, you know, introduction to lifting weight and, and really high intensity training. Um, prior to that, I just stuck pretty much to running. Um, and that, that didn't really start until after my second baby um who is now 14 years old um yeah so when when i started the the crossfit training um yeah i just had a passion for it straight away competition really i'm, I'm quite competitive i didn't realize that at the time but i am it's certainly brought that out um but i think too i used it as a bit of a getaway from you know a bit of a break from children to be honest having three um yeah the 
to then um, went through a marriage breakup around 2016, which was my last year competing and sort of went off the radar a little bit there um, from competition and, and training, to be honest. And then, yeah, last year really dug deep and, um, yeah, as you said, um, went mar- like was keen to, to go Masters and, yeah, got to Down Under, which was exciting to be back on that floor again. Um, also, too, as an older athlete, I guess I really never saw myself as quite old. Sorry, Vicky, older. just for those not in the CrossFit game, what's Down Under? Yeah. Uh, so down out, down under CrossFit Champs is basically the old regionals. So regionals in the CrossFit world is uh, a worldwide competition that you did um, online. And um, then from there, the top 30, I think. Oh, top, was it top 30? I can't. It used to be 45 and then it went to 30. 30, yeah, top 30. Um, would go to the national level competition, which was, or back then it was the Pacific region. Um, Now CrossFit's changed in the last couple of years and they have sanctioned events. So there's about 10 or 12 a year, something like that. And the Down Under CrossFit Champs was basically, I wouldn't say it's replacing regionals because regionals was, it was, that was an amazing thing to be able to achieve at the time sanctioned events. You've just got more opportunities, which is great, you know, throughout the year. Um, so yeah, we have two here. We've got one in Queensland, the um, Australian CrossFit champs. And we've also got the down under, which was the one that I competed in, in May as an individual. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Good to be back out there on the floor. Sorry, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> That's all right. I kind of can't remember where I'm up to. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. And then um, this time last year, I fell pregnant with my fourth baby. So it's been a long time before between my kids. And I think um, it's uh, it's been a bit of a shock. I'm not going to lie. Um, physically. Um, and I don't like to say this, I did, uh, you know, I have questioned this, but um, you, you don't bounce back the way that you used to, um, which I really find hard to believe. I don't like to believe it, I guess, because I feel so young, really, at, you know, physically as well. Um, so, yeah, and that's where I'm at. Had this little bub and she's, uh, yeah, she's challenging me the whole way. Don't worry about that. <laughs> How how um how long ago did you open up Steel Coast CrossFit? Because you had another affiliate but in between as well, right? Yes. So I had um, Lake Macquarie, which we opened in oh I think it was two thousand and fourteen. Um, sold that two thousand and seventeen or end of two thousand and sixteen, and then opened Steel Coast two thousand. Well, it was Body Depot. And then we rebranded to Steel Coast. So we've had that now for almost two years, maybe a bit over. Yeah, I love it. Great. So Auntie and I have yeah. talked a lot about um, sort of pregnancy and postnatal exercise. So yeah. you have, you started CrossFit between your second and third, is that right? No, from I started CrossFit with 
um, after Mia, she would have been, it was 2011, she was seven, eight, nine, ten. So four years after I had Mia. Yes, my third. Which, after, oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this pregnancy was the first one, the most yes. recent one that you did CrossFit through? That's, that's right. Yeah. And um, I think for me now, the, I think comparatively, I was at my peak physical strength going into this pregnancy. So to have the baby and to come back out probably better than what I was prior to even starting CrossFit, obviously because of my strength, but not, but feeling the weakest ever. Do, Your do you baseline has changed. Sense? Your baseline right. changed. <laughs> my baseline changed, whereas... I, I don't remember feeling the things that I'm feeling now physically, um, you know, pelvic floor, a hundred percent. Like that's, it's actually frightened me. Um, I have to say. Um, and, and now I realize I, do, I don't need to be like that, but yeah, at, when I first, um, after the birth, yeah, it was, it was probably my most traumatic birth as well. Um, in everyone's birth is you know, um, mine definitely wasn't the worst that there's possibly out there. But for me, comparatively to my other three, um, baby got stuck. But I was also the strongest I'd ever be. And I wonder if that's ever, if that played a, a part in her position within the uterus getting stuck. I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know. But it's the only thing that was different. And my three births prior, were relatively normal, you know, baby came, no dramas. I had no, no trauma afterwards to my, you know, pelvic floor area. Um, yeah. Whereas this time it was very different. So, so your different. recovery felt pretty straightforward after the first three. I, I, mean, I didn't even no know I'd had a baby. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I, I came home from hospital that day, the same day after my third, I came home from hospital the same day and I didn't even feel like I'd had a baby because I had an epidural. So I had a medicated birth um, with my two most, like my middle two. And um, yeah, so when I, it, when all that wore off, I was like, oh, did I even push a baby out? <laughs> Is that a bit graphic? No, God, no, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and then this time around, my goodness, I felt like I'd been just put through a machine and washed around and then spat back out the other side. Like it was incredible. The difference. Are you, are you happy to tell us a little bit more about that birth? Yeah, sure. So um, it was still quite quick, um, like my others, like it wasn't a marathon effort. Um, but my waters broke at 12 o'clock on the Wednesday. Um, and so that was the 26th of February. So they the waters broke at 12.30 or something, um, lunchtime that day. No pain. Um, she was nine days late as well. So that, um, was very different to my others. I was quite, um, I was pretty much on the day that they were due. Um, and that night, uh, it was, I had to go to hospital to check cause we weren't sure if my waters had broke or not. Cause it wasn't, I was not sure. Um, I thought, cause I've, cause I've actually suffered through this pregnant, not suffered, but through this pregnancy, I've struggled with, um, 
uh, my uh, going doing a wee and you know can't control my bladder, and that started about six weeks, and I couldn't work out why because I wasn't heavy or anything, you know, it wasn't, but it never got worse through the pregnancy. It was just, it just stayed the same. It would be, you know, I, I would find it really hard to control my bladder during working out and stuff like that. So I already had started that fear of, oh my goodness. I'm going to, I'm going to be struggling with this in my recovery or, you know, post baby. And then, um, so then, yeah, so I didn't know during the, when my borders broke, I didn't know if I was just having trouble with my bladder. And then um, pain started about 11 o'clock that night. And um, I had really opted for as natural as I possibly could, because I'd had two medicated um, labors prior, but my first birth was unmedicated. And I had picked up a quite a lot of fear um, around pain and what childbirth was. Um, so with the with Frankie, my most recent, yeah, went into the bath and was really wanting to have the the natural labour. And about two o'clock in the morning, I remember my daughter, who was in there as a support person, said to me, "Mum, you're going to have." you're going to have the baby at the same time as what we've all been born at. Cause I've always had my babies around 2am. It was really strange. And I remember looking at the clock thinking everything was going beautifully and the pain really in my mind, um, the contractions and the, the pain of childbirth, it was an, a seven or an eight. Like it didn't, the whole experience was amazing and, um, and nothing to be fearful of now that I realized until she got stuck. And, um, and I could tell that she was stuck in my pelvis because of the, the, the discomfort I was feeling through um, the hip bones. So that must have been where she was stuck. So then we had to get out the bath and that's when everything changed. So I'd really managed my, um, the, the intensity of the contractions through breathing and, and mindset. And um, the midwife checked me and she said, oh, you're only seven centimetres dilated. But because of the way she was laying with her, the side of her head, she'd only, you know, pushed the cervix out seven centimetres. So I still had another three to go. And they said, you're going to have to stop pushing now because the cervix is swollen and it won't keep coming back. So with that, the um, fear set in then. So it was talks of cesareans and the baby was stuck and her heart rate was dropping and you've got this overwhelming urge to push a baby out because that's what your body's telling you. But your doctors are telling your midwife, well, the doctors had been in by this stage, um, said you need to stop pushing. So it was just, it just became a shambles. And um, I ended up having an epidural because the pain had gone from a seven, which I was managing quite well to about a 15. That's how it felt at the time. So had the epidural um, and then the, the, uh, my heart rate and the baby's heart rate started to really drop then. So they knew she was in not a great position. So I was getting the whole rolling over to try to move her a little bit. They believed that she might've been on her cord. So that was what was causing the, the drop in the heart rate. Um, the registrar came on and she checked me um, and having a cesarean, um, not that I have anything against that, but for me, in my mind it was I was frightened because I'd never had it before and 
I'd had three natural deliveries before with no problems. So in my mind, I'm thinking, why for my last, they say your last pregnant, you know, your last, but you know, you, as the births go on, they get easier. They say it wasn't the case. So after um, she checked me, she, um, she said um, she did a bit of manipulation. I don't know what she did. Um, but whatever it was, it worked. And um, yeah, she said, you're going to have a natural delivery. It wasn't a great pushing out though. She got stuck again. Um, and I had to do a lot of bearing down in my bottom, like pushing so hard. You know, I had my friend there as a support person who is a midwife and she spoke to me afterwards about it. And she said the pushing that I was doing was just incredible to try to get this baby out and she moved down but then got stuck in the passage on the way out you know that little bend and they said then we're gonna to have to use a bontus so they suctioned her out so I believe and I'm not sure if this is true but from what my midwife was telling me she said because of the pulling as well as the pushing there was just so much force happening through down there that my afterwards it was so swollen um I couldn't walk and I had never experienced this before um every time I got up I'd need to hold my bottom because it felt like my insides were coming out um and it was really swollen you know and it wasn't I had stitches as well I had three stitches a labial tear and they were nothing I couldn't even I didn't have any feeling you know it wasn't painful but um my back passage my goodness and yeah so recovery was about well for that swelling to go down would have been about seven days and every time I stood up I had to hold my bottom to walk to laugh to cough <laughs> it was just it was yeah it wasn't a great feeling yeah Wow, that's um, that's a lot to go through, Vicky. Um, mm. And you know the amount of, well, not only that, but like all your previous experiences were very different. Um, yeah. And and you know even even having the transition from yeah everything's under control to you know you use the word shambles. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it felt like things fell apart for you both yeah. mentally and physically, and it's two o'clock in the morning, and 100%, you know yeah. there was a there was a whole bunch of things going on. Yeah. Um, how did it go in in the time after that? You you've taken us to that first week. Um, what what happened yes. when you left hospital and and went home? So I I I um. So we had her at, we had Frankie at 10.30 in the morning and we were home by 11.30 that night. Um, I chose to, so I had a, I had a plan. I never plan anything in my life. Like I'm kind of a bit of a fly by the seat of my pants. And this particular time being my fourth, knowing that I'm never going to do this again uh, and being older um, because I was so young when I had my other babies, I really wanted to appreciate everything you know I wanted to um I, it sounds like I didn't appreciate my other kids but I had 
it was such a, uh, I was so young and naive. I had no idea about birthing, you know, the, the, the amount of information out there about childbirth and well, just anything in general because of social media, um, it's so easy to access. So I really, I feel, I felt very naive having my children, my, my other three, because I knew nothing. I just went in there. I let the obstetrician tell me what, you know, what was going to happen. Whereas this time around, I wanted as natural birth as I could. Um, I wanted to, I'd been advised, well, I'd been advised to, um, you know, recovery is better, all those things, which I know, I, I did know that. Um, but I wanted to, yeah, I had this plan and I wanted to deliver naturally and I wanted to, you know, um, have, delayed cord clamping and deliver the placenta by myself and you know all those and keep her attached until the placenta was delivered I didn't want to have the oxy the the hormone to make the placenta come and you know all these things so it was for the first time in my life I actually had a bit of an idea of how I wanted things to play out well it didn't happen <laughs> so it was really quite interesting how I um you know and and my my recovery you know I had this plan of Oh, I'll be back into training. I love CrossFit so much. I, you know, I don't want to be without that. I'll be coaching in the gym, you know, baby will be four weeks. She'll be sleeping in the corner and none of it happened. And so it's, it's been sort of one thing after another. So when I, when I did get, the one thing that did go to plan was I wanted to be home that, that I wanted to be at home to recover. And um, yeah, so got home um, that night and it was, look, it was really nice to be home. There wasn't really anything too crazy. Um, but it was it, fast forward to say four weeks on and the feeling of, um, so I had bladder control. I couldn't cut a wee off. And that in my mind was already starting to concern me. Um, because I, I, I feel like I had no control whatsoever there. I hadn't had any accidents, like I hadn't wet myself or anything like that. But the thing that also that really did play on my mind was my back passage. And as soon as I felt like I needed to do a number two, it was there. And I felt like I never, I never had the feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm going to do it in my pants. It was never that, but it was just a really heavy feeling. And so then I went to my checkup at six weeks to my GP and um, she gave me an internal as they do to make sure everything's going okay. And she wanted to check my pelvic floor and she said to me, okay, just squeeze down. And I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I've really prided myself on how my pelvic floor is after three children and I've got nothing, you know, just couldn't even. And she's like, no, don't squeeze your bottom. Don't use your, your core what what I had of the call because I don't really have much of that either at the moment but I had nothing and um yeah so you just constantly with that pre pre-pregnancy and how strong I felt in my body to how I was recovering and thinking okay well I really want to get back to training how on earth am I going to be able to do anything without either doing a number two or doing a number one you know and um so then I started about the seven week mark. I started to um, do some light movement, which was a lot later on in the recovery than what I had anticipated. I honestly thought that I could 
start moving again because mentally I felt okay and I was getting sleep. Um, I just I just jump in, Vicky. Yeah. When sure. when the doctor um did the assessment, apart yeah. from saying your pelvic floor is weak, was there any other information or recommendations at that point? No. Okay. So she no. just said you're a bit weak. Work on your pelvic floor. Yeah, she just said you just need to be mindful of that. And I think too, because she knew of my fitness background as well, I guess maybe she didn't sort of do Because, you know, we'd been talking about what I did and, you know, all that stuff, like my history of yeah. um, exercise and stuff. So I think that was why she, yeah, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't really much, oh, you should probably go and see a pelvic floor specialist or, you know, she just said, yeah, just do what you She knew you that you were do. sort of in the fitness industry, that yeah. you were knowledgeable, that you had good awareness yeah. of people things like that yeah 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 yes and um yeah so started exercising and I couldn't do much without wetting my pants um and I still had that heavy feeling in my bottom um unless I'd been to the toilet and emptied my bowel prior to this sorry it's getting a little bit graphic but um yeah went to if I went to the toilet emptied my bowel and did a wee I could come and do it come and start moving a little bit but I would still wet myself during um training of light movement because I, I was scaling everything I also um I I kind of my um my separation was never it, that's never really been a concern for me like the um I can never pronounce it diastasis that's it um, that has never been a concern for me because um, I don't, I wasn't, I was very unaware of it with my last three. So I don't really know what it was like. And I, I do remember doing Pilates and things like that up until about 26 weeks, 28 weeks when I couldn't even lay, I couldn't lay on my back anymore. So that's when I stopped during pregnancy. Um, I was a lot more cautious this time being pregnant and training um, and being mindful of what I can do core wise but that was never my major concern. It was always my pelvic floor. And um, yeah, so started to do the exercise and uh, finally it just kept playing on my mind. I thought this isn't, I don't feel like this is getting better. Um, and then two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I can't remember. <laughs> I decided to reach out to a physio, a women's health specialist. Um, physio and yeah did a, a zoom session and I was yeah at that point I was very fearful I thought that I was going to need surgery I of a prolapsed bowel or something like that I'd kind of come to the conclusion that that must have been what was going on for me and um yeah worked worked with him um and I've never looked back I, I kind of feel like at the time when we were working on um, I think for me well being an athlete you're always trying to overachieve and compete and be better than you were you know an hour ago it's just you can't help it and I think what I've realized is with my pelvic floor I was just going like squeeze it together as tight as I possibly can and thankfully I know how to lift so I didn't have to I wasn't sight well it probably wasn't a thing I shouldn't be thankful for that because if I wasn't so focused on my pelvic floor maybe I wouldn't have been 
having all the accidents that I was because I'd be too too worried about what I was doing with the barbell. But because I move a barbell so much, you know, with so much confidence, that's just second nature. So I had all the focus on my pelvic floor and constantly in my mind going, oh my goodness, I'm going to wet myself any minute now. This is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Quick, I've got to clench it so tight. Oh, I've wet myself. <laughs> Just That's not what I, you know. So then with my appointment that I had, um, talking about... Um, sorry, sorry Vicky. Before, before yeah. we get on, this is, that's really recent, right? The last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you have the baby? So I had the baby on the 22nd, 27th of February. So she's 12 weeks today. That's my birthday. Yeah, actually. I didn't realise your baby was so young. So recent. No, she's only 12 weeks old. 12 Uh weeks yesterday. I thought this was like going back like last year or something. Okay. No. Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's so fresh. So you know, maybe I'm probably being a bit dramatic, but I am um, for no, me. It no. was, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I just want to be, you know, you have this, like I said to you, I had a plan. I was going to be training by now and I was going to be, you know, I always knew it was going to take time to come back, but um, I, I didn't expect to have the feelings, such, those symptoms. Yeah. Those feelings around my pelvic floor. Yeah. And has, have you had a, an internal examination with a pelvic health physio? Like has anyone... No, I haven't. ...checked for prolapse or done the... Um, no, strength? not... Yep, okay. N- not yet. Um, it, I have been... It's been um, advised to, to go to one. But I'm... I, at the same time, um, since my appointment recently with the, with, uh, the physio, um, just just by going through how to actually activate my pelvic floor, it's almost like, and look, jump in if I'm wrong here, I feel like my brain was scrambled. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there was some kind of voodoo played on me because it's like there was a part there we were working on. At the very beginning, we were talking about how to activate the, and I was getting told to, you know, do it a hundred percent back it off 50 percent. now i want you to do it 25 percent of that 50 percent. and in my mind i'm going oh my gosh what am i doing like i don't even i'm doing something but i just don't know and then as soon as i as we finished that and then i was told to zip it up so back passage through to the front and then back it off 50 percent. and it was just it was like an epiphany i was like oh my gosh and then i started moving you know we started using that method and I lifted weight and I've been doing it ever since. And I honestly haven't, I've had a few, a few little ones where I'm, I've wet myself, but not great. I I think it's just a feeling. I don't know that I'm, I don't believe that I've actually wet myself, you know, when I go to the toilet afterwards, but you have that sensation of that's what it feels like. And um, when I, yeah, I've only had that a handful of times. And it seems to be when I'm focusing on it, which is what we've discovered, I focus on it too much, you know. So, because we see this a lot in the in um, mm. postnatal population when there's a lot of fear and anxiety and mm-hmm. if you feel or have been told that things are coming out, mm. even, 
I mean, consciously, some people consciously are really activating their pelvic floor and squeezing the shit out of it, basically, mm. in an attempt to hold everything in. Or for some mm. women, it's almost more like very subcon- uh, yeah, subconsciously um, mm. that it's activating, that there's just not even that awareness. Um, yeah. Do you think on reflection that that was, that was the case for you, that it was just like, if I don't contract my pelvic floor and hold everything in, shit's going to yep. fall out and I'm going to be in big yep. trouble? Absolutely. Yep. Because of the fear, like that, 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 that post two weeks after having her, the, I honestly felt like my insides were going to come out. I really did. It was like nothing I've ever experienced before. The, you know, the swelling, like after I had my first baby, I had her vaginally as well. Um, it was, you, you know, first baby, I think everything, it, it, there is swelling there but it was gone within a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? But this time around, it was the whole way through. It was like that whole area was just, oh, I, yeah. I, I couldn't even bring myself to look what had happened down there. It just felt not good at all. And yeah, so I think prior to being pregnant this fourth time, I've never, I, maybe subconsciously, as you said, I've always been quite active with my pelvic floor and maybe not noticed what I've, I've, I've never, I've never had problems jumping on a trampoline or doing double unders or anything. Like I said, I prided myself on my pelvic floor after three children, but this time around, I think there's just, there has been so much fear and anxiety around oh my gosh, is there, you know, have I done serious damage that when I'm training now, I'm, I am, it's the first thing I think about. I'm still thinking about it, you know, when I do pick up a barbell, but what I've noticed, it's, yeah, the more I'm, if I, in my mind, I relax. One of the, one of the things that was suggested was put pressure on your whole body. I think that's what the term, that's what was said, you know, put the pressure on your whole body, you know, rather than one place, if that makes sense. Spread the load. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Spread the load around <laughs> your whole body. And, and so when I'm not thinking that, that's when I find I'm, yeah, I might have a little, oh, oh gosh. And then I'll relax a little bit, spread the load, and then I'm good again. What's, right. what's your current oh sorry Anthony, you're gonna no no you go oh, Marika. i just want to ask what um what does a workout look like for you at the moment um so i'm i'm not i i've i've gone to like do you mean like what am i modifying or what am i doing as in load and volume or yeah yeah um i'm I would say I'm at 60% of my previous um, strength. Um, my back squatting is way, way below what I can do, but that's never been great for me anyway. Um, I'm also, I, I would have to say I've, I've been quite cautious too because I'm having um, the, I think the pregnancy hormones, sorry, the breastfeeding hormones because I'm still feeding. I'm having a bit of instability in my pelvis as well. Um, so I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with a hip problem. 
um, but nothing major. It's just, it's just there. Um, so I've, I've had to back off weight um, anyway for that reason. But um, like yesterday, I think I did um, a 67 kilo power clean and jerk, which is getting up there for me. And what I found was it's not actually getting the weight into the finished position. It's because I've had to do everything touch and go because I'm inside at the garage and I don't want to wake the baby. I'm When I bring it down into my hips, that's when I feel like I'm really overdoing my pelvic floor because I'm, I'm tense everywhere, if that makes sense. Um, but the volume's definitely um, nowhere near because I'm trying to not teeter on that huge fatigue um yeah strength's probably about 60% and i'm just not i'm just trying to be patient that was the advice that i was given just be patient and know that you but i also do push to see where i'm at and if i'm i might have a little bit of a feeling of oh my gosh i've i feel like i've wet myself i'll back it off a bit so i'm not i'm not being overly cautious because I still want to test the boundaries to see if I am improving, but I am knowing what my limit is and backing it back from there, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's um, what, what I'm finding interesting about your story, Vicky, and what I really like hearing from you is just how different your first three births were and how yeah. different this one is because you know yeah there's a there's a lot of um high level crossfitters who are pregnant at the moment you know the og mm. type people around yeah. when we we started and um and you know some of them are going to have great experiences some of them are just going to have um really difficult experiences and mm. you know how how can we draw conclusions like from your story for example you know, you're wondering, is, is it because I am a lot stronger now? That's why she got stuck. Mm. But then also, mm. is her head circumference different because, um, you know, your previous pregnancies were with a different partner? Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then you're yeah. older, you're older too. So how old is your eldest yeah. now? Um, She's 19. Right. And, yeah. and you're the third one, I think is how old's your third one? 14? 13. 13. 13. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a 13 year difference between your last That's pregnancy right. and this pregnancy. So there's yeah. this age difference as well. And lots of women are having that as well. That's why I think your, mm. your story is so valuable and fascinating because mm. sharing those experiences and being really aware and being mm. highly competitive and being mm. highly accomplished and you know, you mm. started a, a gym, you started a gym and then you would have what got pregnant like within a year or so yeah. of, of a new business, you know, mm. so, so there was a lot of things going on, um, which yeah. is really valuable from your story. Um, it's great that you got the advice to seek an internal assessment. Um, you know, both mm -hmm. Marika and I are fully supportive of that kind of advice. Uh, particularly mm. since you want to lift so heavy and, and understanding yeah. what went on is so important. Um, you're a coach and you've coached people for a long time now. What has mm. been your experience? Um, you know, we're not throwing people under the bus, 
just in no. general. We also know that it comes from their perceptions. Um, yeah. Over the years, you know, you've been coaching nearly 10 years, I think. Mm. Um, what has your experience been about the whole get back from pregnancy, not just from pelvic floor physios, but also from CrossFit, also from other coaches, other influencers, stuff you see on the internet. Can you tell us mm. as a coach how, what, what has been filtered through in your experience? So if I'm, if I'm a hundred percent honest, I have only really noticed, I feel like there's, it's not taboo. Gosh, that's probably not the right word, but I think there's a lot of, um, you know, women are very frightened to share or, or to even express that that's what's happening for them. And it's only been in the last couple of years because at our gym personally, we've had um, a few pregnancies just in the last couple of years. And, um, and I've, I guess to just probably being that little bit older and, and, you know, maybe people feel comfortable now it's more talked about um, these last few years as well. Well, that's how I feel anyway. Like I feel there's been a lot about it in social media circles um, about, you know, wetting yourself when you do double unders. And so it's, um, it's definitely something that, you know, is a lot more, a lot more common than what I first thought. Um, and there is so much fear around it though. Like from the people that I have worked with, I, I, I look in my, I, I will never, you know, advise cause that's out of my realm. At the same time, you still want to try, you know, you want to see what your limit is without really pushing the, you know, I, it's that whole, when people have surgery or they're, they're um, they get, you know, they've got a, a, a problem first thing they do is cut exercise well in my mind as a you know someone that has used exercise so much and it is definitely out of my field it's no we want to keep moving you know we we will modify we we make it so that you can still do this so you're not causing any injury or, or further furthering injury but to keep moving is so important because we become sedentary and and then that's when all the issues become heightened and recovery slower and you know, we all know that now. I think I think it's quite common, commonly spoke about through health professionals that moving is you know the best medicine and diet and all those sorts of things. But um, yeah, it's women are just so yeah, it, it, they're just so frightened to do and and I get it now. Like I I can see why people would be cautious to to try that jump over a, a, a flat bar or you know whatever to to get started um yeah and it's just a real big fear now one of the girls that was pregnant at the same time as me she's been advised from her gp to not do anything and she had her baby a week after me and when i spoke to her she said i have so much fear that I am scared to even pick up my washing basket to go up and hang the washing up on the line. I'm like, well, oh, this is, you know, it's you need to go and see someone, you know, that's other than your GP. <laughs> so, 
yeah, it's, I think it's, it's definitely something that's getting spoke about a lot more commonly and people being a lot more confident in talking about it, I guess, but it doesn't solve the, the issue that we have at hand, which is people are fearful to actually action it. Does that make sense? And I think that's, it's such a valuable um, story, Vicky, and this is one of the reasons why um, Anthony and I wanted you to talk to us is because, you know, mm. sharing your personal experience for a starter is, is, is so valuable, but also as a coach. Um, mm. Do you feel that it's changed the way you coach or work with women? I know you've only been back for a short period of time, but having, having this experience, does it, um, how has that impacted how you communicate with people? Because I'm just going to say from, from my perspective, when I went to a CrossFit gym, couple of months oh no god a couple of years ago i was going to say and you know when you do that i don't know is that a is that a standard thing when the first time you go and you do that test when you go for a run and then you jump on the bike and you lift some weight i don't know there's some kind of it's it's, it's all every gym has a different philosophy around how they introduce crossfit to people gotcha um yeah because yeah. i just remember that first time going and as a you know 40 plus year old woman who has mm -hmm. had two vaginal births and went in and was like right you have to do this and this is what you do. And it's like, mm. no modifications, no screening. And even me, who works as a public health physio, was like, I don't know that I want to tell you as 20-year-old yeah. trainer that I do have prolapse, yeah. I don't have incontinence, yeah. but I actually, yeah. some of those things. So I just modified for myself because I know what I can do. And as a physio, yeah. I feel confident in that. But I was thinking, yeah. when I left, I thought, that's a bit shit. Because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. no even okay if you can't do this and if you can't do this here is a scale version and you know yeah. it, it left me feeling a bit there yeah not great yeah so every gym is different in the way they um you know screen at the start i have to be honest we do the whole medical history and stuff like that i think the benefit well i think one of the um benefits for our particular gym is we have myself, who's the head coach, who um, only till when I was pregnant did I step away and not be there as much. But prior to that, I've been the main person that is always there when we have new people. Myself or my partner, um, Brendan, we always make sure if we've got someone new coming to the gym that we're always there to greet and to talk through how you know how we how our gym works. I've whether this is right or not, my belief is, and I know not everyone is like me, but, and that's, you know, that's a big thing that I've noticed as well, personally, starting to coach people is I could never understand, like, I have to step out of my whole athlete, I'm, you know, competitive athlete to someone who has never done a single thing. You know, that, that's a challenge in itself as a coach because you're so, you're at a certain level in your fitness and your training. You've been doing it for so long and you've, you know, the gym is your safe place. Someone who's never experienced that or training or anything comes into a place that, you know, it's very hard to step out of your own personal mindset of, you know, what it's like. So, you know, I think over the years of experience coaching, you, you become quite aware of this even more aware now since I've been pregnant and wet myself, <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, this is a big thing. It's um, yeah. It's, it, I think being older, mature, a female, 
talking to say yourself if you were to come into the gym I feel like um, I feel like people when you start the conversation of you know I always make sure that it's modified um, and I'm actually with that person during their first experience in our gym walking them through everything every step of the way that's how we do it a lot of the gyms there's other gyms that will do you know those first few lessons more like a pt session like everyone's different but for me i've always been a believer of get them in to experience what a crossfit class is but let them know that you're there you're modifying them to to just getting them moving basically and yeah it might might include a gate run it might it's air squats it's basic basic movements to see where they're at basically yeah yeah and one of the great things um that i know that you're good at and that lots of people you know around the world are great at is making mm. things modifiable to suit mm. And it 100%. can be as simple as a question, particularly for a new person. Do you feel comfortable doing this? We have options yes. for you because, Absolutely. you know, I don't think I've met a CrossFit coach that, that a CrossFit trainer, let's use the proper terms, right? Mm. Um, I don't think I've met anybody that hasn't been able to give a range of options, particularly when mm. asked. Um, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, when somebody new walks in, and I think you perfectly mm. described, you know, the experience that you have to go through as being somebody mm. who's so experienced to then realize mm. for some people, it's just so intimidating and foreign yeah. and like, they're not going to speak up. Whereas if you go into a gym, let's just say you go visit overseas because we live in fairyland at the moment and you can do that. Mm. Um, <laughs> Like if you go visit somewhere and they they did something, you'd be like, nah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you'd speak yeah. up for yourself because you feel like you yeah. can. Um, yeah, whereas yeah. some people just don't even know that they can speak up. Right. And um, like just as simple as asking some simple questions like that can be so helpful for people. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, really, really Good important. Talking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's been uh, fantastic talking to you about um, all of these things, Vicky, and your experiences, um, in terms of what you would love other people who are listening. So we've got health professionals, mm -hmm. pelvic floor physios, we've got fitness professionals, trainers, coaches, um, and, and the general public as well. What would be some of the, the things that you would love for them to get from your experiences, particularly since you've been, um, uh, you know, on this journey so so clearly yourself recently yeah so for me I peace of mind was talking to my physio um, and spending a lot of time with him which was great and I had such fear around um, you know what what was going on for me I just wanted peace of mind. I wanted to be encouraged and, and um, I wanted to be told it's going to be okay. We, you, you, we can, what is it you want to achieve? I didn't want to be told, no, you can't do this because to be honest with you, that would have been just devastating. That would have just ruined my plans <laughs> and they were already half ruined. Um, 
yeah, it was, it's funny. It's, um, it's amazing what the mind can do and fear will, will do to your body physically. And um, you need support. You need, you know, I know sometimes you can't have the answers. Um, and sometimes some people, you know, it, 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 if there was a need for surgery, I get it. But at the same time, we, you know, if, especially in my situation, because exercise is such a huge part of my life, if I was told that I couldn't do that, then that would have been just devastating. So the fact that I was supported, um, the fact that I was, yeah, had been told, you know, we can, whatever happens, we can work through this and, and we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to, to get you back to, obviously I know that my body is never going to be the same again because that's what happens when you have children. But I know I can be strong again, you know, physically strong and, and I still, you know, I will get to back to where I was um however that however long it takes um yeah be patient and um and 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 keep moving don't just stop because you you know there's a little hiccup in the road I guess that's that's how I think oh that's a that's a great summary there Vicky and I think um you know clinically Anthony and I have we hear these stories a lot from people mm. and actually as soon as they start moving and relaxing into movement and mm. breathing and being in those mm -hmm. positive environments where they're with their mm. friends and they're doing things that they enjoy yeah. and they get those endorphins and suddenly the focus comes away from that area and the yeah. obsessively thinking about it and focusing yeah. on it and some of those symptoms actually start to calm down and um Fascinating. so i think yeah, <laughs> preaching to the choir and uh, in that one and um and I, I love also that you mentioned about all the uh, sort of the other physical benefits of exercise and mm. if people are so scared to even go for a walk i mean where's the cardiovascular benefits and That's you right. know in a in a time where type 2 diabetes you know in australia as well as in the states you know they're going through the roof um and depression yeah. and anxiety and all these yeah. other you know metabolic problems um and so for all of us we're, we're really trying to encourage people to keep moving in whatever way brings them mm. joy and whether that is yeah. you know, running and you know, who yeah. are we to say you can't don't do any of this because, because actually that message could potentially cause far more health devastation than um, you know, some leaking and other things. So it's a, it's a really good message. So thank you for, yeah. for sharing that. I think, I think we're definitely on board with that. Um, yeah. We are going to wind up cause we all have meetings <laughs> in five sure. minutes. Um, just want to say, first of all, a massive thank you, Vicky, for sharing her story. And, and as a, as a bit of a summary, um, you've talked about your, your previous, um, pregnancies and childbirths, your history within CrossFit and the gyms that you have, uh, set up, sorry, boxes, boxes that you set up along the way. Um, mm -hmm. and then those many years later, having that fourth pregnancy, mm. different partner, different, um, age, obviously. And, but at that time you were, you were at your fittest and healthiest, but the, the mm. birth experience itself was very different. Um, yes. and thank you for sharing, sharing that with us. And I know that's not always an easy thing to, to reflect on. Um, mm. But that more re recent uh, pregnancy and birth experience and then the recovery afterwards and how, you know, there was all that swelling and heaviness and that feeling mm. in your bottom all the time, feeling like yeah. things were going to come out. And then as soon mm -hmm. as you started exercising, leaking, more heaviness yeah. in the bottom. Yeah. Um, 
and then having that experience with the physiotherapist um, in our online consult and, and learning more about your body and feeling like mm. actually I'm tightening everything um, yeah. and learn, and you were starting to learn within your body what was that right amount of contraction that actually yes. you needed and maybe it was yeah. overcooking a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and now, you know, you're on that next part of the journey and you're only 12 yeah. weeks, but there's hope on the horizon and there's that sensation Absolutely. like my life is not over. I, I've got plans and yeah. I'm going to be able to move towards them and I just need to be a little bit patient and kind to myself. Mm. Um, because yeah. at 12 weeks, you know, we know, we know that the, you know, the, the distance between the two sides of the, of the levator muscles, you know, they're all, they're still recovering and the abdominal mm. wall is still recovering and all these things, um, yeah. the hormonal changes with breastfeeding and, um, yeah. you're still at an early part of your journey. It sounds like you're well on the Absolutely. way though to a, a more positive yeah. outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just all, all you ever want to hear, right? <laughs> Did I summarize that okay, Anthony? <laughs> I think it Beautiful. was a fantastic summary. I, I'm Absolutely. I'm looking forward to hearing maybe a part two from you, Vicky, in six sure. months or a year. You're going to yeah. you know, you're going to find a pelvic health physio to get that internal yeah. check from the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're being sensible and not pushing your limits. Yeah. Um no. It, it sounds like, uh, you know, you, you're developing that team around you and you're mm. more sensitive and aware um, of being able to help those athletes in your gym yes. um, to be able to support them as well. So um, yeah. it sounds like a fantastic um, future and, um, mm. you know, thank you for sharing your story with us. It's It's been... Yeah. Um, it's been a great thing and um, for being vulnerable and sharing and um, mm. the lessons that you're taking uh, forwards is fantastic. And I know that there yeah. are lots of women who have told, you know, at least both Marika and I, very, very similar stories, very similar yeah. things. And, and that message of hope and having hope and mm. support, even though things may be different, uh, mm. just having that hope and support is so important yeah. and how fearful you were until you had yeah. that support and information yeah. to make the decisions that you want to make you know it's fantastic yeah yeah totally yeah. Oh, thank awesome you. Thank, thank you very you so much, much. We'll see, we will we'll see you in six months yeah that yes. will definitely Sounds be in good. touch yeah for sure i'd love that awesome. all right no, thank see you so right. much bye, bye. Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to hit like if you enjoyed the episode and leave any comments or questions below. We'd really like to hear from you. If you haven't already hit subscribe, please do so now so that you can be kept notified when we release our next episode. Otherwise, thank you for listening and we look forward to having you back with us for another episode of the Women's Health Podcast.